0: Welcome to the Lorehounds One Shots, where the Lorehounds, your
1: guides to the ineffable plan. I'm John. I'm Alicia. I'm Jean. And this is our coverage of the Amazon Prime original series, Good Omens.
2: In this podcast, we'll be discussing the second season in full, breaking down the plot, the new characters, and the
1: biblical references. Be sure to stick around to the end of the podcast for programming notes about our podcasting schedule for the rest of August.
0: Quick housekeeping for early and ad-free access and exclusive content, visit patreon.com slash Lorehounds. If you're enjoying our content and want to give us a leg up without subscribing, you can give us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts. Rating and reviews help people find us so that they have something to listen to besides Buddy Holly.
2: <laughs> the Lorehounds one-shots are standalone episodes, so we won't be able to respond to your feedback about Good Omens on air. But feel free to write in to share your thoughts with us.
1: Send emails to lorehounds at the lorehounds.com or head to our website and either use the voicemail feature or the contact form. You can also post a message on our Discord server and we can include those as well. Links in the show notes.
0: All right. So this is a one shot. We put out an all call. The bat signal went up. Who's mm-hmm. watching Good Omens in the lorehounds family? And I am. you two responded. Yes, so thanks did. for being here.
1: <laughs> oh, thanks for having us.
0: Yeah, so you two usually cover MCU stuff on on our main feed. Uh, Alicia, you've got your Wool Shift dust feed. I know you're coming up with some Dune stuff.
2: Yeah, Um. I mean, I guess in general, I love fantasy, sci-fi, horror, and this falls firmly within at least one, if not two of those.
0: <laughs> hmm. Yeah, yeah. John,
1: what's your history with the series? I just like all things fantasy all things sci-fi all things comics so yeah this is definitely in my wheelhouse are
0: you a gaming fan generally or
1: is this i your am first... a big gamer okay
0: I'm, oh no game in Oh, not, not video games. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, a gamer. I'm, like, I'm a gamer, bro. Not sure why
2: it's relevant, but I am. <laughs> yeah, I
0: was
1: like, he's like, so Halo. Yes. <laughs> yeah, so Let's go. I'm ready to do that, too. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I love Gaiman. Gaiman is a great, great writer. And um, yeah, this series is, is really cool. And, and I think um, it, it just shows that you can bring, you know, some of the lesser known stories to the screen and make mm-hmm. make it work so yeah. yeah
0: cool alicia you and i had a little bit of a debate over neil gaiman on the discord what's right. your opinion on him
2: well i don't think i mean you compared him with george lucas and i said <laughs> i see i see where you're coming from but i don't agree you know not to degree at least um yeah i i think that he's good at creating atmosphere and and that's yeah most of his stories are rather atmospheric and then you know this was obviously the first season was based on the book with terry pratchett so that brings like an entirely different angle to it and yeah maybe this is my favorite neil gaiman thing but Mm. i love his other stuff too
0: okay okay
2: except yeah i the american gods adaptation uh they lost me in the second season
1: oh yeah absolutely but he wasn't i never checked it out
2: he wasn't as deeply involved in that one especially not after the first season so
1: the okay. first season was awesome.
2: Yeah.
0: All right. I'm ready to bring in some slander. Um, uh, I read Good go. Omens. I All right. So I, I've read four books by Neil Gaiman. I've read American Gods, Neverwhere, Good Omens, and uh, Norse Mythology. and
2: mm. That's the best one.
0: I only liked Neverwhere out no. of those four. I, In fact, I disliked Good Omens so much I thought it was <gasps> so boring that – I did not pick up a Terry Pratchett book for another like five years.
2: Whoa! Uh, okay. I never
0: knew. I never knew anything about Pratchett. This was my first exposure to him, and I was like, "He's a comedy writer." I, mm-hmm. I, I found this so unfunny. How mm-hmm. am I ever going to enjoy this? Now I've read a few Discworld books. I love Terry Pratchett, uh, and I, I do like Neil Gaiman a lot. The more I listen to him in interviews, the more I go, "Wow, this guy's really intelligent." He thinks very deeply about storytelling. He's very well read on mythology. He's just such an interesting guy. He's a very kind man. And then I watched The Sandman. That was great. I watched Good Omen Season 1. I loved the series, even though I didn't really care for the book. Okay. And I I honestly, I've come to this place where I think Neil Gaiman is a really good ideas guy for TV, Mm. for film and TV, rather than someone I like to read the novels of. And I'm not... You know, if you like Neil Gaiman, go ahead and read Neil mm-hmm. Gaiman. I'm just saying he's not maybe my my cup of tea. My no, cup I, of I tea.
2: I see the I see your point because he's really good at like painting pictures. You know, he's really right, good at creating right. atmosphere and yeah, settings and.
1: Have you Have you guys read the comics that he's written? Like uh, have Sam. Read, well, Sam. You have Sam read the Sad Man. You know, have you read like you know like the eternals run that he had no i
2: uh, i didn't which i actually i loved the internals movie so i need to i need to read that because it's got to be a marvel mm-hmm. unlimited right
1: his his yeah it is his eternals run was really good um the sandman is you know that's yeah well that's one of, well, the, that's best one of the best comic yeah. stories ever I, I think i would like um, it better because it's more visual and it's more
0: yes big idea yeah. you know
2: yeah. and and he just released a um a uh, an audio version of it that's like full production values and yeah hmm.
0: How does that work with a comic is, is it like audio descriptions and everything
2: yeah, I mean, it's it's basically like an audio drama, but you know, okay. for people who are blind, that's you know, right, I have right. I have yeah. a blind friend who who actually listens to this podcast who um, you know, is always saying I feel like I missed out on so many comics growing up and this uh, is the way to experience yeah. them. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I was just curious if they if they're describing the images or anything yeah. or if they're more um, you know, just reciting the lines.
2: No, I mean, yeah, like uh, full drama with sound effects and everything. But sorry, oh, cool. Jean, I interrupted you.
1: <laughs> no, no, no interruption. No sorry, you needed it. But yeah, just you know, I'm I'm firmly a, a comics guy, um, so you know I th- I think everything that I've read from him has started out in the comics, and it's it's pretty hard for me to to be like to shake my confidence in what he does because the comics okay. are so great. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah, whenever yeah. I hear something from him is coming out or he's doing something, it's, it's always going to be at the top of my list because. Some of those comics that I, that he's written have been, you know, like, <laughs> tremendous, tremendous stories and tremendous world building and, and things of that nature. So, yeah, definitely he's one of my, my faves.
0: You know, when I heard that this series was coming out, the first season, I heard that David Tennant was going to be in it with Michael Sheen, and I basically giggled with excitement. Mm-hmm because david tennant i don't get star star, star easily you know i've with my career i just i used to do audio production i've, I've met a few you, you know pretty famous musicians and i was always like they're normal people right mm-hmm. it, it, it does not usually hit me david tennant is a different story mm-hmm. i don't know i get in a room with him and i'll be like <laughs> <laughs> um I'll, I'll i'll basically be a, a zero fell in, in how weird and awkward he is
2: mm-hmm. um
0: but yeah, so I I heard that this was happening, and I sensed from the trailer that he was going to play Crowley like the Doctor, his Doctor mm. Who run, and uh, I was so ready for it. And when it came out, it was exactly that, and I'm <laughs> so glad with it. Uh, this series is my favorite thing from Gaiman's mind at all, and I'm really glad so far that season two I think was a, was a really good season. It was it was very enjoyable. Um, I think it's more of a bridge season than it is its own story. I feel like this was sort of the intermission between seasons one and three Um, and uh, which is not necessarily a bad thing. Sometimes it's good to have a smooth transition and to feel like we went somewhere and to feel like the next phase comes naturally. Um, I know that Pratchett and Gaiman had an idea for a second book that did not happen before Pratchett's death. Right. And that is supposedly going to be season three and and Gaiman said before season two even came out he said no if we do a season three that'll be the sequel idea so this was a this was always going to be entirely original a season two um would you would you both think of it without getting so into spoilers yet Hmm. uh, I'll start with Alicia since I started with Jean last time
2: um yeah, I mean, so there were five characters that I just like absolutely love. I just want to rewatch their scenes over and over again. And um, for me, those five characters made the whole season and the rest was fine. But it's, you know, just because I love those so much, fine means it's overall really, really good. Um, okay. I like that they brought back a lot of the same cast and new roles, especially right. Miranda, uh, Miranda Richardson. Um, I watched over and over her ask the question about the ducks. It makes me laugh every single time. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and yeah, and I think, yeah, they clearly, I know they had a smaller budget, but I actually kind of forgot about that while watching. So I I think they used that wisely. Um, I Mm -hmm. think they leaned into the best parts of season one and they also leaned into like the quintessential Britishness, including like amping up that Dr. Who vibe you were talking about dropping Mm -hmm. the American narrator, just being like, we are twee, we are British. Uh, and this is our humor, and I great. think that
1: that worked. Yeah, cool, Jean. Um, I really enjoyed this season. Okay, <laughs> I, I really enjoyed the season. I really enjoy the, you know, how they talk about religion um, without talking about religion. <laughs> mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Well, they do talk about religion. They do go yeah. to direct biblical stories, right? But the, just the way that they, you know, critique it. Yeah, it's, it's not just, preachy, um, right? It's not preachy at all. It, it, it's just really um, refreshing. It's funny. It's hilarious to me, uh, as someone who grew up in in religious household. Um, you know, not pressured by religion, but in a religious household nonetheless. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was really cool to see how they just make the absurdities of what you know <laughs> modern uh, Christianity can be how hilarious when you really think about it, it all is. I, I, yeah, I'm such a, uh, <laughs> I'm a big fan of breaking down, um, the way that they did it. Yeah. It was really cool. I just love the overarching theme of just, yeah. Yeah. Breaking down this entire, I don't want to offend anyone, but you know, mm. uh, I'm a recovering Catholic. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah,
0: yeah. I I have a question for both of you in response to that, which is, does this series work if you were not raised in Christian soup in some kind of – or, you know, any kind of Abrahamic tradition that will have a lot of these stories put in there?
2: Yeah, I mean – Like I love, for instance, I love uh, things that are based on like the thousand and one Arabian nights and I wasn't raised in that tradition, but I still, I mean, I, I understand the trappings, but even if I didn't, they're just good stories.
1: Okay. Agree. All right. Agree with that. Cool.
0: All right. Well, you've heard it here. If you are not Christian or Christian raised, this series still works for you. (laughs) (laughs) I think we've had enough spoiler free talk. Why don't we issue a big spoiler warning here? If you haven't seen both seasons of Good Omens, leave, watch the show, come back. We'll be here for you. And now there's spoilers. Great. It's, yeah, it's super it's fast watch. It's magic. Yeah, that was a super fast watch. All right. So what I've done here is I've summarized the series by uh, the the first four episodes. Uh, actually the first five episodes and then the finale, because I think that the first four episodes kind of blended together for me, uh, first five ish, um, just this mishmash of flashbacks and, uh, you know, the Gabriel plot line, it all, it all kind of told the same story. And then the finale felt like something special. So I, I do think that the finale was the strongest episode of the whole series i think that they they were largely biding time before they got there so let's talk about most of the series first and talk about our different themes and discussion pieces for those and then we'll talk about the finale and next steps sound good
2: okay Okay, so wait i have to say you say biding time i say laying the groundwork
0: okay all right fair enough we'll get there let me read the summary of these first five episodes Having thwarted the apocalypse and being discarded by heaven and hell, Aziraphale and Crowley have settled into their quiet lives in London. Their peace is interrupted when a naked and amnesiac Supreme Archangel Gabriel appears at Aziraphale's door. Aziraphale gives Gabriel the nickname Jim and works with Crowley to hide Gabriel from both heaven and hell. Heaven spends most of the series trying to catch Aziraphale, in a lie about using a miracle to cause his two neighbors, Maggie and Nina, to fall in love. Meanwhile, Crowley's replacement, Shax, leads an army of demons to Aziraphale's workshop to capture Gabriel. So, a lot happened here, and I mm-hmm. left out the, the past flashbacks because I figured we can bring those in as we go. Um, first of all, this premise, what do, what's the thought about it, Jean? Yeah, I, I loved it. You love the Amnesiac uh, yeah, Gabriel. I keep
1: saying Galadriel almost. <laughs> John Hamm is so good in this. He um, is. Yeah. He's a yeah, treasure. I, just, I I just love his portrayal of Gabriel being a dunce, but mm-hmm. not a dunce and, right. and just understanding that, you know, his memories are gone. The way he plays this this role, he he's setting up everything for everyone. You know what I mean? Um all the comedic flashes that you get in these first couple of 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 episodes i think ham is is just laying into it and he does a great job um Mm -hmm. i was really invested in in the story because i wanted to know what what happened (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah. how did he you know lose his memory what's going on so it 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 drew me in from the very beginning um you know when everybody stopped and and gawked at the naked man walking down the street Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, what's going on here? What what, what are we doing in, in, in this series, in this season? So, yeah, um, I was totally on board with, you know, Gabriel being lost and with found Jim. at the same time. Jim, with Jim being we lost love Jim. and found. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Jimmy boy. Uh, Jim,
2: short for James. Some, some people call me Gabriel. Um, <laughs> I mean, I think this just shows, like, that the writers and the directors, you know, they just had a really good understanding of who they had in front of him, you know, because we've seen, Uh we've seen John Hamm do this sort of humor, for instance, on Saturday night live. And, and this is like, he's brilliant at it. uh, But in movies, it's not, it's underutilized. And they're like, well, we're just going to lean into that. And I think that was, that was perfect, you know, because in the first season, Gabriel, I don't know. I didn't really like John John Hamm per se as a villain. Like I, I, you know, I'm not supposed to like him, but it was just kind of like, fine, whatever. But now, I loved him this season. He was one of the highlights.
0: Right. Gabriel, of course, a character not in the book at all. He is added to the show. And uh, we we get his replacement. We get we get who he replaced at the end of this season. But, uh, yeah, so Gabriel was actually the Metatron in the book. Right.
2: Who, and Metatron's supposed to be a dick. Yeah.
0: Right. Yeah, yeah. They, everyone <laughs> just accepts that the Metatron is a dick. Oh, the Metatron's here? Everyone cower. Um. I really loved alphabetizing by the first letter of the first word in the book. Yeah, it was right. hilarious. that was so stupid and funny. <laughs> I love, and I also love Azerafels reaction. Why would you just fine? You're busy. Go. Yeah. go. It's like dealing with a toddler, right? <laughs> yes, yeah, exactly. Okay, you're busy. It's a busy. pointless task. Just yeah. fine. Just fine. But you're also
2: not hurting they, anyone. They laid right. the groundwork really well with like some of the stupid things about flies and stuff. Well, okay. I, I did. As soon as I saw the fly, I was like, Bales, bub, I don't know. That's, you know, but mm. they just, the, the little silly things that he would say, you know, they, it took a while for them to add up, but they were laying the groundwork from the first episode for right. the eventual reveals,
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah, it did make sense once you knew it was happening. I, I, I could tell obviously, you know, his memories were in the matchbox or or whatever it was. Right. But uh I I did not put together the fly thing until Neither I actually saw I.
2: Beelzebub.
1: Yeah. So, so did I. It was I was lost.
0: They recast Beelzebub too. Yeah. That was a new face. Um I wonder I wonder why.
2: I uh, I don't I don't know the behind the scenes. Um I I don't know. I, I mean I think both both uh, actors portrayed it fine for me. I, neither yeah. of them was my favorite of either season, but neither of them detracted from it. So,
0: Yep, yep. Uh, Shaxx, this new character. Oh I God. know, Alicia, you wanted to talk about Shaxx.
2: Yeah, I, I loved Shaxx. Uh, I mean, particularly at the beginning, but just also just the way Miranda Richardson delivers her lines. This is, yeah, because those lines delivered by another actor might – you know just fall completely flat but her comedic timing just the way she holds her composure like i'm a Miranda Richards stan after this season
0: <laughs> i i like that yeah she was uh the psychic in the first one right, right? Yes. so she's uh wh- what do we think about that this this whole it was not just her it was also Nina and and Maggie, and Maggie. were both nuns of the mm-hmm. chattering order uh in the first season I, I did you think that they were going to be linked in the second season? Because I at first I was waiting for them to draw a connection like, oh, OK, her business failed after that shootout on her property. And now she runs a coffee shop by a zero And I don't know. Um,
2: I don't know. They seem so, like such different characters to me. I wasn't distracted by it at all. Personally, okay. I liked it.
0: OK, yeah. But I mean, by episode two or three, I was convinced, OK, these are different people. Fine.
1: Let it go.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: John, you were going to say something.
1: Yeah, I just um, assumed I went with the whole resetting of the universe thing. <laughs> you okay. know what I mean? So it was just like, all right, I've seen these people before, but they're not the same people because the universe changed.
0: Well, you you read so. comic books a lot, so it's, it's yeah, basically that, the that's same just,
1: thing. <laughs> exactly. It happens all the time. So yeah, I'm just like, right. okay. You just got to be cool. able to roll with it. Exactly. So I was all right with it. I thought it was, And I thought they did a good job of of being different characters. They weren't the same that we saw in season one. You know, right. Nina and Maggie were not the same characters. So I, I was cool with that. Speaking of Nina and Maggie,
0: this was sort of the through line of the first few episodes. How did it go? What what's what's the vibe on that? Did we want them shipped?
2: I mean, for me it was not the strongest coupling it was the least strong coupling of the of the season but it was also the one they were using to drive the plot so I don't know I was I was fine about it I thought one of them was selling me on it more than the other one I just didn't really get the chemistry between them so uh it was fine you know
1: yeah I, I was mixed about about the two of them um and and it was more so I was mixed about it from when they gave the talk to Crowley and it was for me. It, it just felt like he shouldn't need that talk. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> it, it. It just was like up to that point, I was cool with it. But then it made me think, like, all right, I don't. I don't necessarily need. I didn't think they needed to be um, the two people to sit Crowley down to tell this um, person. You know. To get in tune with your feelings, almost right. I it just he's already in tune I mean, with his plants. Yeah, <laughs> I, I I just didn't I didn't I didn't I didn't like that part mm-hmm. of their story. Like their story was supposed to bring the two of them together, right? right? Mm-hmm. Independent of anything else, um, to make Crowley realize his love. Yeah, well, I,
2: I, one, one argument I saw that I kind of liked is someone said that their role was to demonstrate because, you know, Crowley and Aziraphale are celestial beings. And so yeah, they mm-hmm. don't, you know, express love in, in a human sexual way per se. And, uh, that the humans were there to sort of demonstrate to them, like, well, if you've been thousands of years as whatever this is, uh, if if you you're trying to make us show it by a declaration by an act, um, you need to do the same sort of thing. You need to mm. kiss him. Right. I mean,
0: I you yeah. gotta kiss the girl. Yeah. yeah.
2: I just watched the Little Mermaid last <laughs> night. <laughs> oh
0: yeah, my my daughter's a fan. Yeah, that was fun. So yeah, I I would agree. I would say my best defense of it, if if you made me defend it, is they are forcing them together it's supposed to be awkward there's supposed Mm. to be a lack of chemistry here because this is an angel and a demon deciding that these two people just need to be together uh it's not a natural thing um the inclusion of an abusive partner partner partner, Nina was very strange to me because it went nowhere agree
2: I was like are they going to show her and at some point I'm like they're never going to show her and they didn't
0: (laughs) no yeah it was it was very strange
2: It was just to make us want her to be with Maggie, I guess. But I don't know if that necessarily worked on me. And it didn't work
1: in the the show either. Right. Just because
0: uh, I want you to break up with your partner does
1: not mean I want you to get with this other partner immediately after. Right. Yeah. And that partner doesn't have to be, you know, a terrible human being. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? It could be more powerful. Go off about Maggie. (laughs) Go off, John. (laughs) No, it's not about Maggie. About her partner we, was, we love we love Maggie. Oh, okay, okay,
0: that. I understand. I thought I thought you were about no, to say no, no, and Maggie no, 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 and her no, stupid no, record no. shop and her oppressive <laughs> nature.
2: <laughs> no, Maggie was the one who sold it for me more. I was more like rooting for her, but that makes sense also. And I'm glad that they ended it with, you know, them not just like falling into a Getting new relationship. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That that was at least refreshing that they did not yes. force it in the yes. end. It was just Sort of something for Zero and Crowley to do, and that's why right. I almost felt like I was biding time. I know I, I right, you okay. took issue with that, Alicia. That phrase, oh, but that's, I was just that's reframing what made me feel it. it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it did feel to me like, all right, we're doing this. Will they or won't they? You know, figure it out how to get them together. Thing. The there were points where I thought that the Gabriel mystery was starting to drag, where they were just like, okay, where's Gabriel? Okay, now these people are going to ask where Gabriel was. <laughs> Um, it, it did feel like this was one episode in the middle too long to me. Mm. Okay. But otherwise I thought it was good. What would you have dropped? I would have dropped the zombie plot line and the magic oh, show. Okay. Absolutely. Really? I would have dropped that, oh, that was in fun. a heartbeat. No, I, I thought it was so boring. Oh. I was just like, you, you people are just limbs falling off and I do not care about you. <laughs> <laughs>
2: But now we know about the miracle blocking card. That's probably, I wonder if that's going to come back in the third oh, season. Oh, yeah.
0: yeah it has to come that's, back. That was it, interesting. Yeah. That's a new yeah, it power. It has to come back. Why don't we talk about some of those past plot lines? Um, the Gravedigger plot line. Let's start with that one.
2: I mean, honestly, that's the one that's least registering in my head. Like, I barely remember it. So <laughs> it obviously <laughs> okay. didn't make a huge impression. Yeah, that,
0: It could have been skipped.
1: It could have been skipped for sure. I agree. Um, wasn't my favorite at all. Um, I didn't even I really didn't even understand why we were there yeah. like in this me past either. memory. I mean, but that, I mean,
2: that's part of the thing that made me think like of Doctor Who, though, because it was like, we're going back to because that is a story I know um, a lot about because I'm into weird, dark history like that, but it's, you know, it was just when we're going to go back to this moment in time, and you know, it felt more like a, mm-hmm. a purposeful, episodic thing rather than, yeah. you know, they were trying to do a six-hour movie.
0: Right, but yeah. is that the show? That's my question.
2: Yeah, that's the question. Right? I, I mean, I think that it seems from this season that they kind of want to do half and half.
0: You know, I remember Neil Gaiman was talking about in season one, they didn't want to do, the studio did not want to do the montage of them through the ages because it mm-hmm. was so expensive. And Game In pushed for it, and they got it through, which is great. I almost feel like because of the success of the Crowley and Aziraphale love story through the ages last season, they felt the need to go do these past plot lines, but they kind of missed the point of what people liked about it, which was it was this like, oh yeah, nice to see you again. And Then they do this whole thing together. It wasn't you know the adventures of Crowley and Aziraphale just helping random people. Mm-hmm. The thing with, with, with the
1: Gravedigger plot line that I can I can sort of see what they were trying to do, you know, because it, it spoke to the, the bigger question of, you know, what's good, what's evil, what, what why do we consider those things good or why do we consider these things evil, right? Um, mm-hmm. It's just the viewpoint, the vantage point that you have right. when you're looking at those things. So, and how it relates to the ending of the season, um, with the choices that are made at the ending of the season. I think it can, it does wrap around to to that question because that's what, you know, they, Crowley and Aziraphale asked themselves, right? Um, right. So I get it, but I just didn't like the plot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, I, I think it could have it, it been something else. I didn't like going back into, you know, this, this era, this Victorian era, where, whenever it was, um,
2: 19th century I think
1: yeah and and just it felt flat to me it, it didn't do okay the building that I think they intended it to do like I have to think about what they were intending in order for it to make sense and that should never be something that that happens hmm.
0: right okay I buy that uh speaking of dead people hmm. uh the Nazi zombie plotline I I've already voiced my kind of dismissiveness about it but what did you two think
1: yeah
2: i think we both thought it was fun right <laughs> <laughs>
1: i'm all for zombies yeah i'm,
2: all, yeah, I'm, I'm not a zombie zombies.
1: guy i I'm usually find guy. them boring yeah uh, and
2: I, I liked how he gave him like you know your options are you have this horrible fate that starts immediately or you can at least postpone it a little bit by being a zombie and then you know the worst thing is you eat other people and i can see given the choice a lot of people would be like yeah okay sign me up for zombiehood." like i thought that was a really
1: <laughs> interesting setup I mean, the, the literal Nazis, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Eating browns. Yeah, okay. Yeah, fair, yeah. <laughs> it <makes total laughs> yeah it's,
0: it's honestly like a step below what they've been
1: doing. So, That's, yeah, <laughs> at least like, it's only one fair. person at a time. yeah, yeah at a time, exactly. exactly. It's crazy. So I, I, I like the the zombie plot. I like to see okay. uh, Nazis with falling yeah. limbs and ears and all of those. I, I guess it just felt so happening. disconnected. You know? Yeah, you think? I thought so. I mean, I know that
0: they did the motivations of Shacks and whatnot, but. I don't know. To me, it just felt like I didn't need this so much to tell me that Shax doesn't like Crowley, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: I mean, I, I, don't, I thought it was fun. I like the magic shop shenanigans. And okay. Yeah,
0: yeah and I, I, uh, I did, I did have fun with the bullet. That was, that was a fun little <laughs> bit uh, where the miracles are blocked and they have to actually do a magic trick, and Crowley has to be a sharpshooter.
2: Yeah yeah I've been Can watching um I've been watching Mrs. Davis at the same time so it's sort of like getting the magician to oh yeah, confused yeah
0: <laughs> oh man Mrs. Davis that was a good haven't series. watched I haven't it's watched. really good it's really really good
2: okay I'm on episode six
0: okay you got you got plenty of good stuff to go yeah. any Nazis?
2: um no any zombie well, nazis
0: kind of oh there's a zombie nazi <laughs> or there's I not mean, a not, there's I not mean, a zombie nazi there might be living nazis oh well anyway there's there that show kind of has everything it's really like it's very random and just things will yeah. pop in and out and you will be like oh there's that happened
2: <laughs> it's a different vibe from uh good omens but i feel like people who like good omens would like it too Yeah, it it
0: does have the same wackiness, I think, Mm -hmm. or a similar wackiness, at least. Yeah. Um, Let's talk about one other past plot line. And when I say that, I mean the main through line of the past flashbacks. Uh, Job. Mm. The book of Job (sighs) comes to life. This was good. This was the best part of the series to me. Uh, So good. Because the book of Job is, it's so lit- it's literally within Abrahamic tradition. I don't know beyond that, but uh, within Abrahamic tradition, this is the first time that people wrestled with the problem of pain, right? The problem of if there is a loving God, how can good thing bad things happen to good people, right? And it's such a tricky issue that within Judaism, there are tomes and tomes of writings about why, why this book exists, what happened in it. Something that stuck out to me is that they made very clear in this, this was, you know, the devil's people, the hell, the forces of hell go and kill the, um, you know, the people, Job's Job's children, Job's uh, sheep, or at least ostensibly Job's children. And uh, in, in Jewish tradition, actually, it's taught that Uh, instead of Satan, it's Hasatan, which is the adversary. It's not actually Hmm. the devil. It's really the prosecutor. God is holding his own trial and saying, uh, you know, am I actually worthy, basically, of of worship if there's pain? And he's trying to determine if Job will still love him. Job, this virtuous guy, will still love him after after he loses everything. And uh, so he 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 hires a prosecutor. He hires Hasatan, the adversary, uh, and this has been in in Christian tradition recontextualized to be Satan, to be the devil. You know this this different entity, this almost dualist entity. Can I uh, ask
2: you? Do you ahead. know, like the in Arabic and also in the Wheel of Time, it's Shaitan. Um, is that like one uh, combination or one is. or the other? Or? I
0: think it is in relation. I mean, I know that. Um, there's a lot of similarities between Hebrew, Aramaic and, and, uh, Arabic, you know, you mm-hmm. have, um, salam, shalom, things like that. There's, right. there's, uh, I, I mean, there's literally the, the peace be with you is salam alaikum in, right. in Arabic and it's shalom alaikum in Hebrew. It's, it's very, mm-hmm. very similar. Uh, mm-hmm. and actually I think that's, yiddish shalom alaikum, but yeah, it's, it's interesting. I think it is probably related, but I, I would need somebody to write in for that.
2: Okay. Yeah. Let us know.
0: Yeah. So what what are your thoughts? Um, Jean, you want to start on, on this yeah, plot line?
1: I, I, I loved it because these are questions that I've wrestled with in my life. Um, growing up and becoming an adult and, you know, throughout my adulthood, um, questions of my own uh, religious uh, fervor and, and belief system. So, yeah, I, I love that they showed this Clyde and I totally enjoyed how they you know presented it um it's there's so many if, if you if you grow up even if you don't grow up in a religious faith you know you have questions about why things happen to people
0: right why does the universe you operate know? in this way right yeah
1: we all it, it always you know, conversations that i have with friends when things are good and when things are bad we always you know sometimes ask ourselves why is this going on why is this happening why is this allowed to happen right right and um i thought it was a a really thoughtful and hilarious yeah (laughs) you know breakdown of that question Hmm. and to see job (laughs) and all the ways that, that he's presented and all the, the 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 tiniest, the most hilarious part of it all to me was when they were the the angels when Gabriel was like, Yeah, that's how babies are made. Right. Like having no idea of how, how it actually works.
0: Right. And, and did, did Eve s- come out as, as a baby? No, <laughs> oh, no, she was <laughs> no. an adult. <laughs> <laughs> okay.
1: Right. And and just having no knowledge of how it works. And then pretending to have a knowledge of how it works just to appear knowledgeable, right? Just to appear like I'm in control. I have this under control. It's it's just great for me because at points in my life, I always question people who say they have the answers, but find out that they really didn't have the answers, right? Right. They always presented like, "Yeah, this is how it's going. To, this is how it's supposed to be, and this is this is why." And then doing my own little bit of living, I actually found out that, "Oh my gosh, no, this is not actually a fact." And I thought that was a great way to show that people who say they know don't always know, and it, yeah. it, it, it's just good viewing like this is something this is something when my kid is a little bit older I'll show him this episode hmm. right I'll I'll let him watch this episode because it it makes you want to understand how people who say they have authority over things don't always have the right answers
2: hmm.
1: I like that
0: and maybe your your kid will ask to be a lizard, just like the little <laughs> A
2: blue lizard. A blue lizard. A blue lizard.
0: lizard. I, uh, <laughs> a blue <yeah>. lizard. <laughs> well, but can
1: I be? Oh,
0: yeah. Exactly.
1: That's the greatest did question, great in that right? Team too, yeah. Isn't yeah. that the oh, greatest yeah. question? Yeah. Oh, you don't want yeah. but can I be? But I right. loved. I
2: loved one of the things I loved about this plot was that the kids were like, except she was fine, but the other two were like really shitty, you know, so you're kind of <laughs> like, I mean, I was really glad that um, we saw Crowley's softer side where he didn't really kill the goats, you know, he just hit them. Right. Um, mm-hmm. But then with the kids, like they were so annoying at some point, you're like, well.
0: <laughs> yeah, he, he was considering going the other yeah. way. He's like, well, I am a demon. I do have an excuse.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think at some point even a zero fell I was like these kids are pretty awful.
0: <laughs> yeah, okay. yeah, they were pretty awful. Yeah, I I really liked too how Job's wife realized yes. quicker than Job did what was yes. happening. Right. Was like, no, Job, our new children, new children <laughs> yeah. that are so good, <laughs> and it's a miracle that they look like our old children. Right? <laughs> Kicks him basically.
1: <laughs> that was that was great. That it, the whole scene, the whole episode was. I thought it was very well acted. Um, mm-hmm. And again, just, you know, I, I I really appreciate like the questions that good writing and good scenes make you ask. And I think this, this accomplished that for me.
2: Mm.
1: It really did. Yeah.
0: Alicia, did you have any other thoughts on this scene?
2: No, I mean, uh, yeah, I think you're right. I, d- I didn't think about it as like the centerpiece for the first part of the show until you said that. But um, yeah, that I think you're right. And I think uh, because it also, it showed, uh, it brings together both of their moralities and how they actually are. Right. One might be an angel, one might be a demon, but they're both walking that fine line in the middle, which, you know, it's probably ideal.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, I I do think that it it really did highlight the two. So I think that is enough topics for the first part of our discussion. We're going to take a quick break. When we get back, we'll talk about the last episode and the rest of our topics. And we're back. All right, so let me read a synopsis before we get going on the rest of our discussion. In the finale, the demons are fought off and the forces of heaven and hell look on as Gabriel receives his memory back. It is revealed that Gabriel and Beelzebub fell in love and Beelzebub stored Gabriel's memory in a fly. They go off to a distant planet to enjoy their lives together with the blessing of the Metatron, who appears just in time to save them from smiting. The Metatron then offers Aziraphale the job of supreme archangel and the ability to reinstate Crowley as an angel. Aziraphale excitedly shares this with Crowley, who refuses the pardon. He then tells Aziraphale that they could have been an us and kisses him. Crowley drives off, leaving Aziraphale with the assignment of organizing the second coming. This was, to me, the best episode of the season. I, I thought it, it tied up really well. Again, I think we took a while getting there, but once we got there, I was really happy.
2: I enjoyed the journey, but it was a I mean it was it was a very solid, well thought out, well planned, well executed destination.
0: It was. It was. I'll let you start, Alicia. What pick a topic. Pick a topic that we'll go into first.
2: Uh, I mean, I guess it just, you know, we, we talked about the kiss. Um, and I think one of the things that people are talking about the most on Twitter, at least, I'm still calling it Twitter, I don't care, um, <laughs> is, <laughs> is that final look uh, at the end when uh, when Aziraphale's going up in the elevator during the credits mm-hmm. and we see Crowley driving and Crowley looks devastated. And Aziraphale's almost almost got this smile of excitement because he's about to be the frickin' ar- right, archangel, right. you know, he's like... Uh, about to be He's about to be president of heaven. Exactly. <laughs> and, and so a lot of people want to think, you know, because before that, the Metatron gave him uh, a coffee and people are like, well, maybe he drugged it or did something to manipulate him. But hmm. I, I want to ask you, do you guys, I, uh, I, I, it's clear what I think. I think that it's the better story. If zero fell was manipulated and not, you know, my, you know, mind warped or whatever. Yes. Um, yeah. and I think, it's only a sad ending if we don't get a third season if we get a third season it's the perfect setup to have him on the inside uh, yeah with regret and you know. yeah
0: yeah because I always wanted to see more of the heaven politics I always thought that that was a fascinating part of the show and yeah. we don't get enough of it uh, we do get more of it this season we get more of the uh the Council of Archangels I guess but yeah yeah um I don't know I I definitely, of course, there was sexual tension between the two of them for the entire series. Right. <laughs> I don't think that anyone would argue with that. Um, Someone killed my best friend was such <laughs> a great scene in, in season one. And uh, I'm kind of glad they made it explicit now. You know, yeah. uh, Curly is is just it's not they're not going to dance around it anymore. It's kind yeah. of do you know the story of of the movie Hook and how they played uh, Hook and Shmi?
1: No,
2: no.
0: Someone on set, I think it might have been the director, but I'm not, I'm not slandering anybody here. It might have been somebody <laughs> else. Uh, somebody on the set was very homophobic. Um, and so the actors for Hook and Shmi decided to play them as if they were secretly in love.
2: Uh, oh, wow. Nice. And
0: so if you watch that, you can see a lot of romantic tension between that oh, wow. in the movie. And I well, almost got sense, the same too. vibe mm. of of that with Crowley and Aziraphale before this kiss.
2: Okay. I mean, but this, then in this case, we're coming at it as more equals. Sure. Yeah. 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 But do you think, okay, so what do you think the living arrangements were? Because uh, we had, we know Curly was keeping his plants in his car for some reason instead of just like in the (laughs) freaking bookshop. But he was obviously, you know, it's not like he was sitting in his car all the time.
0: Yeah. I don't know. I mean, he, I think he was in his car. Right. He doesn't sleep, so he's probably just walking <laughs> around being angsty, sitting on a bench saying, what's even the point?
2: Yeah. <laughs> well, he was Gabriel sitting.
0: Good question. Good question. That's Actually, I didn't even bring this up when it happened, but the beginning of the series where it opens up, the beginning of the season, rather, where it opens up, and Crowley goes, what's even the point? It's It's so like, okay, we stopped the apocalypse. We stopped Armageddon. Mm-hmm. Did there need to be a season two is a lot of people's questions going in, right? And Crowley just says it outright. What's the point? What's the point of doing this? And I I think that really sort of diffused the tension of will this live up to season one right
1: away? I I didn't have a question of why we needed a season two. (laughs) I kind of did. I kind of did. I didn't either. I, I was, I, I look,
0: I love the, the story. I think that it, it was really good and I think it wrapped up really well.
1: I think I would have been satisfied without satisfying
2: ending, Absolutely. but as soon as they announced season two, I'm like, okay. Oh yeah, up, yeah, I'm in. You know? you yeah. Know, uh,
1: I don't need a reason to be in. I'm in. Yeah. <laughs> was like-
0: I was only vaguely aware season two was coming. And so yeah. they, really? they said it dropped and I went, Oh my God. now And yeah. uh, sorry. Or, or, Oh my arc Supreme Archangel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Yeah, yeah, but I, I mean I, I did feel like a reboot in some ways, especially since, you know, they recast some of the same actors. But okay. we did the one thing that kept through is the relation the central relationship that we had built. And right, I think right. that they wisely were like, This is this is the show. It's actually yeah. about these two. Um and their right. romance. Let's just go for it. And I'm glad that they did that.
1: I think in in this, in this the the final episode for me. Gabriel and Beelzebub their their story was I liked it um and, and I like that they left for where did they go to alpha century planet yeah. Alpha yeah it's a bit crazy right but the idea that they think they could just disappear mm-hmm. from heaven or hell is hilarious to me yeah. Like, oh, yeah. we're just going to go to Alpha Century. Uh, but it's. it's. I mean, known, why not? It's in right? the known universe. You know, yeah. You're, you're not sure. hiding out from anybody. Yeah. And I think. You but know, is anyone going to
2: chase them anymore?
1: Yeah.
0: They're only worried so. about what's happening on Earth, right? That's, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That's the ineffable so, plan over there.
1: They get yeah, we
2: We're the ones made in God's image.
1: Right. <laughs> yes. Right. And right. they get to go live, you know, their eternity in Alpha Century. Without any worry, without any, you know, hassle and and away from the the politics of heaven, away from the politics of hell, away from the, you know, demands of Satan and and God. And I thought that was a cool getaway from them, you know? Did
2: did that love story work for you? Like, did you buy them as a couple and was that satisfying?
1: I did. Okay. I did.
2: Yeah, I mean... For me, though, this was the in-between, you know, I said the, the three couples, uh, it's obvious which one worked the best. And this was the in-between one. And yeah, I, I mean, I think the John Hamm side sold me more. But then at the end, that little montage showing them and yeah. building their relationship of the year, I'm like, right, that did a lot of work for me. And it, yeah. it did
1: a lot of heavy lifting that we didn't mm-hmm. get in the season, but we got at, at the end of the series.
0: Yeah, it's tricky. You needed to withhold it for the mystery, right. but it would have been better probably for the relationship development if you intersperse that within the series. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So very, very tough balance. Um, it it was fine. I didn't have a problem with it, but I did think it lessened the impact of the Zero Falcas, because we've already had an mm. angel and a demon fall in love and go off together this episode. Literally minutes before <laughs> we have uh, an angel and a demon- fall in love. And then we're like, and now this angel and demon are in love.
2: Yeah. But I think they, they banked on us, like not having the emotional investment in, um in Gabriel and Beelzebub. And, you know, so that one was just about resolving the plot and they banked on us really caring about That's fair. the other couple.
1: That's but fair. That, but for me as well, I, I just thought that it's interesting that Gabriel and Beelzebub, didn't really care who saw who who was around. They were just like, "This is it. This is us. That's it," you know. Yeah. And it, and it took, you know, Crowley, almost having to lose a Zirafel for him to to make that leap, right? Whereas it was just what it is for Gabriel and Beelzebub. I think it's a contrast between those two love stories, where Crowley has to be pushed zerofeld they, they they have to be pushed together. The entire season is like pushing them together, right? To admit their feelings for each other. Where you have Gabriel and Beelzebub, you don't need. to They just know. Right. They know and they act on it. And and they're well, saying, as soon as you know, he
2: remembers. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. As, as soon as he remembers. Right. Yeah. And and, and it's just like, I think that's a, a real contrast between those two stories. You know, it, it, it's. For me, I prefer, you know, love stories that, that people understand and, and don't need to be pushed together mm. by circumstance, right? right? And and I think circumstances pushed Aziraphale and Crowley into that kiss. And that's not really, I, I guess it's love, but if you, if you, for me, if, if you're gonna lose someone, or you think you're gonna lose someone, and that's what makes you act on it, what does that really mean?
2: Mm. Mm. Uh, so, just one part of this final episode that didn't work for me as much was actually it involves one of my favorite characters that I've oh, no. uh Is the the whole? I thought that they uh, sort of neutered Shax in this final episode. I was they waiting did. for her to be her baddest self, and you know. We just saw her killing that demon Eric over and over, but kind of after putting up with a lot and like lame and after the fact. And I know some of this has to do with budget, but that's fine. But I just wish they had let her unleash in acting, you know, Mm -hmm. in the way that I know she can.
0: Right. Sort of uh, let her do uh, Olivia Coleman in... Secret invasion kind of kind of right, checked. which she
2: which she did for most of the season, but then you know I expected that extra layer, and they just right. kind of had her putting up with a lot, and then being like, "Oh, you're annoying, We're gonna kill you again, and you'll be back."
1: <laughs> I mean, he mm. deserved it
0: though. Come
2: on, yeah, <laughs> he was yeah. annoying.
0: Uh, the siege of the bookshop with the most pathetic army of
2: <laughs> I know
1: people. it was terrible. <laughs> but I mean, but was that terrible. was so That's funny. funny. Yeah.
0: This uh w- what did Crowley say? He's like you've got your bottom of the barrel people here. Bottom why why barrel. are you even here? <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: that was hilarious. But I mean, you're
2: gonna have ten thousand like seventy.
1: <laughs> yeah. Were you guys surprised that he actually went with Metatron? No, no, it, it seemed to fit
0: the character. I would have been more surprised if he did not get all giddy and cause he, he does love being an angel, right? He thinks yes. He, yes. He, his self image is, I am a really good angel who every now and then makes an exception with my friend Crowley. Meanwhile, mm-hmm. he's most of the time making exceptions.
2: Right. And I think, I think it's kind of like, you know, if you imagine a couple and one of them gets the opportunity to be like the CEO of, let's say Amazon or, or like that's something, you know, really questionable on CEO of Twitter. <laughs> oh, and, um, it's X and, now. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> 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 um, and then, so it's like, okay, so I'm going to move across the country to take this new job. And the other person's like, well, wait a minute, we had a nice life here. And it's like, no, right. but you can come. And they also have a good job for you. Like, I don't want that job. I yeah. liked our life. Curly going to
0: go work on the Amazon packaging line.
2: Right. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm going to yeah. be your boss now. That That's awkward.
0: But that is awkward.
1: Should Crowley have been surprised? Hmm. I don't know. Like, honestly, lo- should he have been surprised? Love can be
0: blinding, right?
2: Yeah. I think, yeah, I you can hope that someone wants the same thing you do. You can convince yourself of it.
0: Right. Also, he's never had to open himself up like this before, right? This is the first time he's ever made himself vulnerable. Doesn't really know what to expect.
2: True, 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 true.
1: So who's the bad guy here?
2: Mm, I'm gonna blame probably the Metatron. Metatron. Yeah,
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: considering he was the villain of the first book, yeah. um, I think probably probably Metatron. So I'm that's something that we haven't really talked about, which is I mean we mentioned it briefly, but he was the Gabriel of the book. Right. So hmm. he 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 was eliminated from the TV show, and I guess they withheld him for this. But w- what do you think about introducing him so late? is he going to be a bad guy like in the book or is he going to be completely different?
2: I mean, I like the morally ambiguous way that they, I mean, he seems like the bad guy and he's going to be the bad guy, but you know, they um, made it a little more subtle to ramp him in. So you're mm-hmm. not just like a zero a complete idiot. You know?
0: Right. But yeah, right. he's
2: going to be the bad, obviously. John, you read the he's, book too, he's right? Up to something. Yeah.
0: Okay. What, um, what'd you think I, about I, his I, late I, introduction?
1: I, I was fine with it. Um I when in season one the first two episodes, first two, three episodes, I, I kinda questioned I, I wanted to see him, let's say I wanted to see them. Um when he when he finally shows up when in season two, the last episode, I said to myself, Okay, he's gonna be the big bad for season three. He's right? gotta be. He's yeah. gotta be the big bad for season three. And I don't think it's it's really ambiguous about, you yeah. know, as soon as he <laughs> walks in, everybody shits their pants. Yes. You know what yes. I mean? That, and, and if that doesn't tell you where this is headed, where Aziraphale is headed, the, the road that he's headed down, then, you know, I don't know what else could tell you that. Because literally everybody shits their pants. They're like, oh my God, he's here. Oh, oh, what do I do now? (laughs) Right. What is No one raises any questions. No, nothing.
2: It's like, oh, it's actually him. It's like, oh, Oh, my Metatron.
1: You're like, go back to heaven. Get out of here. Beat it. And and you, you stay, you know? Um, (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) stay back in the principal's office. Right. And nobody questions it. You know, these are arch, you know, Angels that that we're dealing with, some of the most powerful beings in in that universe, right? In the universe that we that we're inhabiting, and they, without question, cower as soon mm-hmm. as the Metatron the Metatron shows up. So,
2: um, have, have either of you watched uh, Supernatural?
0: Yes. I've watched the first like six seasons of it, and then I fell off. But
2: okay, I, I've, Met-
0: yeah, yeah, I've, I'm familiar with quite a lot of like the biblical angel versus demon kind of stuff.
2: But it's also, yeah, a lot of Supernatural fans, as soon as you bring up that name, we are like, oh, boo, his, not him. Right. You know? <laughs> so it's, it adds, adds an extra reason that people are immediately just not going to like this character.
0: Right, right. But, I mean, he could be a great villain, so, and I hope he is. I love that they mm-hmm. made him sort of the sweet old man who's going to
1: cause trouble. Right. Right, right, right. Aziraphale knows this. Yeah. He knows what exactly he's dealing with, right? And- he still decides to take take the job
0: well you know what it reminds me of is people in a previous U.S. presidential administration saying, well, yes. I can change yes. things from the inside. Yes. Yes. I can right. yes. temper what's going on. Yes. I could be the, what the guy in on the inside. Yeah. Yeah. It didn't really work out very well. And uh, <laughs> I, I don't think Aziraphale is going to do any better.
2: Yeah. We were just talking about that in um, um, the wool breakdown for the Silo Book Club about a certain character okay. know, who thinks okay. like, oh, I can you know take on this role and learn all this stuff to change things from the inside. Yeah. Yeah. Um,
0: yeah, it's uh, an interesting I think I think it's a good story to tell because it's it's a sense. moral question for everybody.
2: I would want to do it that way for sure. Yeah. 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 Um, but can I ask you guys what did you guys think about uh, the the angels that we met in general like we only kind of got teases but it's presumably there'll be more of um, more of a focus next season. Um. I just wanted to shout out first of all that Neil Gaiman he made sure that there were disabled angels and I know that there's a lot of people that's meant a lot to Um And, you know, especially I know there's a lot of people who have the wish that they could just uh, perform a little miracle to make, uh, make, um, um, sorry, wheelchair ramps suddenly appear. Right. right. Yeah. (laughs) And uh, and there was another uh, amputee. And um, but then, yeah, my favorite angel this season, other than Gabriel, was Muriel. And I know not everyone agreed with that. Uh, I I thought she was delightful and adorable. What did you guys think?
0: She did annoy me at times. I'll be honest. <laughs> I did get to a certain point where I was like, okay, I've had enough of this angel's stupid jokes.
2: Uh, <laughs> but She's a very, very human police officer. <laughs> constable. A, that, that, that joke inspector was really good.
0: It, yeah. was good. it was good. It was yeah. good. Yeah. Oh, Oh. inspector constable. Okay. It's like, it's like Crentist <laughs> in the office, you know, what's your dentist yeah. name? Crentist. Yes.
1: Yes. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah, Love that was it. that was a good joke. And I like how both Aziraphale and Crowley were like, well, you know, as a human police officer that you right. have to do this. Yeah, that was oh, a lot yes. of good manipulation. Oh, no, it's mm. private. So we'll, we'll tell you when we get out
1: what we right. said. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just look at this. tea, But I'm
2: I'm waiting if there's like a I don't know. I, I wondered if there was more to her, especially when they um, what was it? They uh, there was another when they wanted to punish uh, Gabriel or something, they're like, we'll make you 38th level, whatever, Scribner. And she's like, oh, I'm 37th level. And I started to wonder, is there more to her story? Is she Mm. like in a punishment and doesn't realize it, something like that?
0: Oh, Mm, maybe. What if it's God?
2: (laughs) Oh. What if she's actually God? God. Yeah, I I actually did wonder that because we did hear a vague female voice for God, so.
0: (laughs) Mm. And it was not Frances McDormand this time, right?
2: No, yeah, I'm glad. No, we don't. This is too British. We don't need any American.
0: <laughs> I thought it was fine in season one. Mm-hmm. I thought it was absolutely fine, but it wasn't necessary.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I did enjoy the intro to season one where they recited the intro of the book, basically. Right. Um, so that, that was nice and faithful. But yeah, yes. I think that it, was, it worked without the narration this time. Yeah. Um, so you've brought in a couple of your other topics. I think we just have to talk about some more structural things of this was a binge drop and that's very controversial because I think you brought in Alicia that Neil Gaiman did not want a binge drop and right. he, he lobbied Amazon to not drop it at once but Amazon did it anyway did you think yeah, it worked it, as a binge he,
2: drop and then he was he was in the middle of lobbying it he said and um he and and, and then the strike started so he couldn't anymore so oh,
0: that makes sense
2: um, I mean, I think it works as a binge drop. I definitely binged it pretty quickly, but I just think that we there's um you just you're not watching it at the same time as other people. you don't right. have that ongoing discussion, and it tends to like flee flit, flit out of my mind more quickly that way,
0: yeah mm. you know, and you, there's John? this is a mystery box show, right? like right. there is a mystery in mm-hmm. the center of it, and we were not able to linger on that and discuss it with each other right. right.
2: And yeah. I was getting all the spoilers and just trying to, like, dodge them, you know. So I was just avoiding talking yeah. about the show until I was done.
0: So you mentioned on Twitter something big was spoiled for you. What was it?
2: Oh, I mean, it was, it, I saw gifts of The Kiss. But to be okay. honest, w- when that announcement was made months ago where they're like, oh, there's a big spoiler out there. I avoided looking at the spoiler, but I was like, They Kiss, that's what right. the is going to be. <laughs> but, <laughs> so uh, I wasn't okay. surprised. Okay.
0: Jean, yeah. did you think it worked as a bin show?
1: yeah i did um i'm i am a binger (laughs) (laughs) okay i I will raise my hand and say i am a binger i i i enjoy whether it comes out weekly or whether it comes it drops all at once um i still enjoy both ways of viewing shows um okay and i think this for me it worked um there hasn't, I don't, I'm trying to think of a show that I've watched that I've said to myself, oh man, I, I wish this would have come out weekly instead of all at once. Um, because once I'm watching, I'm watching, mm. you know, I'm, okay. I'm totally immersed in, in the story and even, you know, there, there hasn't been anything in the last five years that I've watched in one day. So, you know, early on in binging, I I would just, you know, sit down in a day and watch an an entire series. Right. But I don't do that anymore um, because life. Um, Mm. Right. Right. But when I'm watching, you know, I'm totally invested in the story that I'm that I'm watching and I'm immersed in that world um, for however many episodes that I'm watching, whether it's one episode or whether it's three episodes at a time. Um, And I generally stay away from spoilers. You know, when I'm watching shows, like I don't go and, and search out the conversations until I'm done. Um, and I've always been that way. So I'm I'm perfectly cool with binging um, shows. And I think this worked for me as well. I didn't feel a sense that I was missing out on conversation that I know I would have eventually. Okay. Okay.
0: Yeah. Um, I think I'm somewhere in the middle because – uh, I think part of it is just that I'm a little busy right now, watching stuff because we are agreeing to do cover too many shows, and so it was <laughs> nice to be able to do this at my own pace and not, you know, not feel like I had to watch it and in, in any certain order on any certain night. Uh, right. But I did pretty much binge it. I mean, I I did over a few days. I watched it, and um, I think I think it worked as a binge show because I think it dragged on too long. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, because I think that I would have been annoyed if. I watched some of those middle episodes and not a lot of Mm. development happened on the main plot. Um, But there was a central mystery. Like I said, I think it was it was tough to have discussions with people. You know, we have a thread on the discord and compared to a lot of our other threads, it's pretty dead because people Mm -hmm. are like, where do I have to spoiler tag? What has everybody seen? What can I talk about? That's tough. But if you want to talk on the discord, please feel free to go to the show notes and, and join. And there's a good omens thread. But, yeah, it's I do wish that they didn't weekly, and I hope that they consider that for season three, although now I think two seasons of binge, you're not gonna change it up for season three,
1: Yeah, I don't think so personally i don't I don't think it's gonna be weekly.
2: I just, I can't be trusted with a binge. It's like a jar right. of peanut butter. Like it's just going <laughs> to disappear too quickly. And then like, I've like wasted time and regret, you know? You're like
0: Ted Lasso. <laughs> you keep the open jar of peanut butter, you dip your finger in.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh God, no. I you definitely put a lid on that stuff. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I'm, yeah. Every time we did that, I was like the bacteria growth is yeah, has no, to no, be no. terrible.
2: Sir, so, that's what spoons are for. <laughs>
0: right. Right. Exactly. All right. Last question. Did you pick? Uh would you pick season 1 or season 2 if you had to pick one? Oh.
2: I know my answer. Go ahead. I'm I'm going with season 2. I just um Really? Season yeah, season 1 had more of like the the story maybe because season 2 was also like more of a surprise, more um mm-hmm. I didn't know where it's going, but I also I when it comes down to it, you'll see me over and over again choose uh character studies. Um, okay And mm. that's what this was. And yeah. I just in the first season, if I look back, there's mostly only the two characters that I care about. This time there were five, so right. winner, winner, chicken dinner.
0: Yeah, it's tricky, right? Season one focused a lot on the Adam storyline, the kids that yeah. were around. It was not it was not only an Azera Phil and Crowley love story. Yeah, right.
2: the, the non mix up was fun you know, with like the sort of heist caper quality to it, but right. Uh, yeah. Right. But I didn't think the ending was nearly as strong.
1: Okay. Okay. Uh John? I'm, I'm. It's a push for me. <laughs> I can't. I can't I, I can't. I I really enjoyed season one spectacle. Um, okay. I mean, they gave me a big ass Satan. You know what I mean? Coming out of the ground. <laughs> like these these are things that I enjoy, right? Um. Mm-hmm. The and the movie style, right? Yeah, absolutely. I'm the devil. I can do what I want. Yeah. Call Dave Grohl. But um and then season two, like Alicia just said, you know, we had some really dope character moments, character building, right? Um, so for me, it's hard right now to to think of which one I preferred better. So I'm gonna have to to push on the question and come back to it later.
0: All right. Refusal to answer, got it. Yes. (laughs) Um I'm gonna go with season one because my favorite Sequences in there, which is I forgot what episode, but where Crowley and Aziraphale are going through the ages, you know, Garden mm-hmm. of Eden, Eden, mm-hmm. through yeah. the French Revolution, yeah. whatnot. That's like my favorite yeah. sequence yeah, in that the was whole good. show. That's pretty good, and I'm gonna good. I'm gonna give it to season one just for that. That was pretty good. All right. Well, it's been lovely talking about the show with you. Any other thoughts before we head out?
2: Um, if you haven't watched it yet, anyone listening, definitely recommend it. Super quick watch. Uh, help us get a season three because we need to wrap this story up. We need to find out what it happens. It does need next.
0: a season three. It yeah. needs yeah. a
1: season
2: three.
0: Yeah. That's my, yep. that's my, yep. I'll be very sad statement. if it's ended on season two. Yeah. Yeah. We'll yeah, be we Westworld really style.
1: Yeah. <laughs> oh, gosh. Don't get me started on that. But yeah, needs a season
0: three. Yeah. All right. Well, I think it's time for our outro here. Let's talk about our affiliates first, since we have one with us. Uh, Wool Shift Dust is going strong. Alicia, would you like to talk about what you have going on?
2: Uh, Yeah. So on the silo side of things, uh, we're not quite done with that. We're doing the silo book club. So By the time this is out, the Wool episode will be online with the uh, shift episode, the second book coming two weeks after. We're breaking down the books one book at a time, and then we're going to go back through the series two episodes at a time to talk about all the things we couldn't talk about in the public feed. And meantime, uh, Luke and I are on the public Wool Shift Dust feed talking about uh, Dune. So we're diving into the book Dune and into all of the um, adaptations of it and just studying like about this world but also just like what makes a good adaptation because this mm. is a great source to study. Yeah, um, sounds
0: like a spicy discussion.
2: Yeah, and that intro episode. I'm making a dude joke, sorry. Online too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, we, the, got the, it, the spice, we got it.
0: All right, all right. This wasn't funny. I get <laughs> it. spice is the life. <laughs> cool. We also have Maester Anthony on the network now, and he is doing properly Howard movie reviews. David has informed me that it was always properly Howard Howard movie review and not film review. So apologies to all those who have searched that in their podcast feed and have not found anything. Uh, But we are uh, expecting them to start up again on August 14th. I know they're starting up because I see it scheduled in our our posting service. how are the duck they did in June? They're about to start white men. Can't jump Dune part one. Robocop, uh, the Wolfman, the Wicker man. They've got a ton of remix going. Uh, they're a theologian and a stand-up comic walking into a podcast studio. It's hilarious. Alicia, you and I were on the Dune podcast. I think we had a fun time.
2: Yeah, definitely. Yeah. You get a preview of what I really think of the, uh, Twenty twenty one movie.
0: There you go. Yeah. Well, if you want those hot takes, head on over to Properly Howard film review, Properly Howard movie review. I'm gonna start saying it right. Uh you can <laughs> find both Alicia's feed and Maester Anthony's feed in our show notes. Uh, as far as the Lorehounds, you two just wrapped up Secret Invasion with uh with David. I know you're coming back. You're gonna be doing a uh I we've been calling it on a different podcast, a trauma bond podcast, <laughs> where you talk about all the things that went wrong, I guess, <laughs> uh, with the season production, whatnot, uh, and also some of the bigger sociological issues of the of the series, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. So we'll we'll be on doing that breakdown of um, SI and um,
2: yeah, and setting up what's because it does, you know, it is it part just, of the MCU for yes. better or worse. It sets yes. things up, and let's see, let's mm. see what are we taking go. out of this? Yeah,
0: all right. Fair enough. Uh, other weekly shows we have Foundation season two going strong. We've uh, we've got screeners for it, so they're coming out the day the embargo lifts. They the embargo lifts just the very early in the morning on the morning uh, Eastern time, at least after the episode airs. So you can expect our episodes out on Friday at six a.m. And um, we are also about to start Ahsoka. David and I just recorded our first retrospective episode where we Mm. talk about the Clone Wars and all of Ahsoka's Mm. adventures in there. So uh, keep up on the feed if you want some more Star Wars. Then we'll be doing full coverage of that. We have also full coverage of the Wheel of Time coming. Uh, Mm. And Alicia, you're going to be involved with that in some capacity doing book spoiler stuff with me.
2: Yep.
0: Should be fun. Looking
2: forward to it. Uh, This is one of my it sounds sad to say but it's one of my greatest passions in life <laughs>
0: <laughs> sad no, hey listen Ranland has a lot to offer yeah uh,
2: yeah i i just i love i mean i love world i love character development and i love world building and uh the character development's not always perfect but it's it really, really good. damn good and the world building is some of the most spectacular you'll it ever is see.
0: yes it is it's very good um As far as our monthlies, we're not doing Earthsea this month because we're taking a little break from that. David's on vacation right now and a little little difficult to schedule podcast recording. So we're going to skip that, but we are going to do a Silmarillion Stories. And we're going to do a Lorehounds play with Brandon. We're going to be covering Skyrim, The Elder Scrolls (laughs) V. And uh, yeah, we're going to go back. We're going to go way back. And we're going to talk about how Todd Howard has tricked us into buying this game five times each. (laughs) And yeah. uh,
2: and I also I've, have like I've three done done copies it, of it. Five times. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. How about that? I've done it all. You five.
2: guys are you guys are yeah. always covering my favorite games. I like it.
0: Oh, good, good. Yeah, that should be a really fun discussion. You should write in. You should both write in if you're I if will. you're Skyrim fans. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. do take, uh,
2: take an arrow to the knee.
0: There. <laughs> um, also, of course, Patreon exclusives. We've got second breakfast, Shire Side chats. We're always adding more stuff. Too much stuff, but it's good for your ears. So. Subscribe to the Patreon if you want those. Also, if you uh, subscribe to Patreon, you can take part in our Revenge of the Sith live watch on Saturday, August 18th. That'll be on our Discord server. And later in the month, there will be a public podcast covering that movie. So part of our Star Wars Film Fest. I think that David and I talked a lot about Revenge of the Sith during our Clone Wars coverage because of the Hmm. intersection between them at the end. And uh, we're really excited to get into the discussion of how those two forms of media interact. So stay tuned. All right. John, Alicia, it's been a pleasure talking with you. It's I feel like great. this is, this is uh, other than a section of a secret invasion podcast, it's the first time we've done just the three of us. So yeah, it's been right. fun. Yeah. Let's yeah. do it again. Yeah.
2: Good Hope we can you, do
0: it again soon. All right. All right. And one last thing before we go, we do have a Patreon, as I just mentioned. And every episode, we like to thank our lore masters, our top tier patrons who keep the wheels of the Lorehounds machines turning, keep the gears turning, keep it a well-oiled machine where we can have our affiliates, we can have our contributors, and we can grow the Lorehounds family a little bit. So here they are in order of appearance, uh, Samartian, Cyrus, Mark H, Michael G, Michelle E, David W, Brian P, Nick W, SC, Peter OH, Patina W, Adam S, Nancy M, Lavinia T, Doove71, Brian8063, Frederick H, Sarah L, Garrett C, Eric F, Matthew M, Sarah M, DJ Miwa, Andra B, Kwangyu, Yu, Laura G, Jedi Bob, and someone who signed up or actually upgraded their membership as we were recording, oh. Nathan T. Just got an email, so thank you, Nathan, uh, thank for being you. our latest lore master. We've already pre-recorded two podcasts, so you're going to be missing on a couple uh, A couple of future podcasts, but uh, we really appreciate you joining the Lore Master group. And thank you to all our patrons for being a part of this community. I think we've been having a really great time with our anniversary stuff. David's working on mailing out the stickers. I know he just sent out an international batch. So, uh, yeah, expect those in the mail soon if you were signed up by the end of July. Uh, Or uh, there was one on August 1st. We did send that to you, too. We're not being stingy. And uh, yeah, it's been a great first year. I appreciate everybody for listening today and we will see you on the next one shot. The Lorehounds podcast is produced and published by The Lorehounds. You can send questions and feedback and voicemails at thelorehounds.com/contact. Get early and ad-free access to all Lorehounds podcasts at patreon.com/thelorehounds. Any opinions stated are ours personally and do not reflect the opinion of or belong to any employers or other entities.